James. Steven. I have a serious question for you today. Oh no, how serious? <laughs> I thought we're just supposed to be kind of asking kind of funny, humorous, you know, off-the-cuff questions. I'm going to signal my question here. I'm going to turn up my computer. i got a song I want to play Is it going to be you. a red signal or a green signal? A beautiful song from, Mariah ja- from uh, Michael Jackson. The Jackson 5. Jackson Never can 5. say goodbye, girl. But this occasions our, our question for the day is, James, how do you say goodbye? It's the question I want to ask it's, you. It's, it's really hard. Usually what I do is I sell my house and move out and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> if I disappear for a good six months. <laughs> In other words, you say goodbye by not saying goodbye. Correct. Can I tell you something? I'm with you there because I hate goodbyes. In fact, to me, the saddest smell in the world is an extinguished candle. It just that's is. A, that's it's very poetic. It's the end of the <laughs> that's party. Not really, the saddest smell in the to world. To me, it is. I mean, rotting corpses yeah. is plainly sadder on a more real level. But uh, I don't like ends, and it's funny. I don't. I think most people don't, including. And you look at it in the fact that you notice how so many people, when you're saying goodbye to someone that you're never going to see again, one of the most common greetings still is "see you later." Yeah, you never see him. Not later, not ever. Isn't it funny, though? In French, they have kind of a word for it, which is au revoir, right? As opposed to yeah. bon voyage or yeah. bon oui, whatever it is. But the fact is, is that we're saying goodbye. Yes, we are. This is our last episode of Question of the Day. The very last. It's been a year. It's been It's been more. When did we come up with the idea? I feel it was 2014, and now it's 2016. I think it was almost two years ago. And then we piloted it. Yeah, we tried it out. Time. We recorded several sessions to see if we could stand each other in the booth. Yeah. And I was thrilled. I thought it was great. Yeah, and, the, and we loved it, and uh, everybody loved it. I don't know about everybody. People liked it. I don't know anybody who did I mean, at least when we were I don't, piloting, I don't know anybody who didn't like well, it. Well, either that or they just were they were scared to say anything to our faces, to our ears. So the, the initial goal was basically to take interesting questions that we saw on the internet The initial and goal to was to them. make better use of our backgammon time. Right. Because <laughs> we were always talking about these things while playing backgammon, so we figured might as well just record while we were talking them and put them up on iTunes. And that's what we did for a year, and we've made some 170, 180-some episodes. I looked at the numbers. We're going to have a total of about 10 million downloads so, in, in that uh, in that year. So, so, so here's an interesting question, though. I mean, and and which is we had a good thing going or have a good thing going, and there's it was successful. Ten million people listening to this. Ten million down, not people, downloads, but ten but million. Ten million downloads might be four people. But uh, when do you know when it's time to to say stop goodbye, something? Girl. Yeah. Well. Um, Particularly when something's successful, it's not right, like quitting. It's not like we had zero listeners, and we're like, okay, this didn't work out. It was a nice try. It didn't work. We'll, we'll move on. Like this is something we could have kept doing. We our live episodes were great. Like I had so much fun at those. Like we we've had a fun time doing. I should these. say we've decided to kind of officially call it hiatus. Like maybe we'll come back. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a season now and then. Yeah. But uh, doing three a week. Every week, I don't think we put out a single repeat. Um, so it became a thing that was pretty time-consuming. We've, we've had excellent guest hosts. I'd love to do a guest host. And I have to say, so let me just say quickly a few things. 
thank you, and I'm sure you join me in this, to everyone who listened. It was really great that people would give us their time to listen to our, our blathering. And uh, you, James, I'd like to thank, because uh, you're, you're a good and weird in the best way and kind-hearted person who knows a lot of stuff, very smart. Or, to, or, or, or I pretend to know a lot of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and you've brought many things to this show, including, I think, most of the guest hosts that we had were your doing, your idea. And, uh, and I love that. I love getting to meet Marina Franklin, Brian Koppelman, AJ Jacobs. Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. Uh, I think most of them were, were your doing. And uh, I thought that was really, uh, really fun. Well, and you brought Nagin, who was uh, not only a guest host, but hosted... Um our, right, Nagin Farsad, our live. Uh, Manoush Zamrodi we had was yeah. another one. We had some Very really one. really great people. Um, so I want to say thank you to you, thank you to them, thank you uh, to people for listening plainly. But saying goodbye, ending something that doesn't have to be ended. It's not like I'm moving away for a job. We, we just decided we'd done it for a year, and it felt like it was the right time. Yeah, and I think, okay, I'll I'll go a little more in-depth to it. Like, I think this has been fun and great, and I have enjoyed every session. But I think that, um, you know, Warren Buffett, I, I write about this sometimes. Warren Buffett has this rule. Take the 25 things you love doing most and write them down. All 25 things. And wow, that's a lot of things to love doing. Do you love, love 25 things? Probably. I mean, like, name, I love doing this Name podcast. 10 that you love doing. Okay, writing, reading, um, f- family, uh, chess, comedy, uh, p- my my po- my podcast, the James Altucher Show. This podcast, question of the day, um, business activities, and then I could kind of outline each business. And you know, I could have also divided up fic- writing into fiction, nonfiction. But you do have um, a lot of love there. So Warren Buffett's rule is: you, you list the top twenty-five things you love doing. Okay. And you separate out the first five from the bottom 20. Okay. And you still love doing those bottom 20. You love them. They're in your top 25 of all things you love doing. But you never, ever again look at those 20. Because every time you do any of those 20, then you're not you're taking away time from the top five that you love. It's interesting that five is a number because you and I both read Charles Duhigg's book about productivity, right? Yes. And there was he's some, been on my podcast. And there was some research in there. All of this research about productivity, I'm a little bit skeptical of because it's it's hard it's hard to measure it fairly. But there was a strong suggestion that, and we may have mentioned this before, that you know what is the right number of projects or passions to be working on? But one is plainly too few, and ten would seem to be plainly too many. Right. So, and so and so it's not that question of the day. I think for either of us was bad. I think we. Both you think enjoyed. it was like number six? Like I definitely love doing it, but I would find on the days coming up to it, I would think I have to start preparing. And then when we do it, it's a full day of doing this instead of, let's say, writing or reading or or sex. You know, sex or whatever. And you and I have never sex had sex. With you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe if we had had sex. We would have kept this going. At least another few months. I don't know. Backgammon to me is could be as, as fun as sex when I'm winning. Winning in backgammon is like as fun as sex. Well, that would mean you've been celibate for quite a while, my friend, because <laughs> I've been kicking your ass, haven't I? Do you want it's, to talk about that a couple times it's for, true. for a minute? The well, last two sessions have been, it's true. It's been very devas- atypical, too. Very devastating to me, although in the overall match, I think I'm a little bit ahead.
Let's stop, James, to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks once again to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of Question of the Day. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or even an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. You know, I think it was about 20 years ago, I had a company making websites for a living, and we used to charge an enormous amount of money to make a website. But now, companies like Squarespace allow you to do it for almost practically nothing. Squarespace also makes adding a custom .com domain name to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free for a year. Squarespace also offers award-winning templates and customizable settings. Trying to run a business website? Well, Squarespace can help you there with easy-to-use and seamless commerce tools. From nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shops, Squarespace is trusted by hundreds of savvy shop owners around the world, including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. Man, I wish they had this 20 years ago, or maybe I'm glad they didn't, or else it would have put me out of business. But here's one of the most important parts. Squarespace offers 24-7 customer support. This isn't 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, delayed response sort of stuff. If you have a problem getting your website to look or act like you imagine it should, one of their team is always online to assist you. No question or problem is too big or too small. And every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code QUESTION to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. So here, here's what I propose. I propose that even though we are, we're tabling or spiking or killing, whatever you want to call it, question of the day for now, that if we bring it back, um, we'll bring it back down the road a little bit. By the time we do, I will probably have equaled you in the overall backgammon match, would you think? No. <laughs> You you really you don't you don't acknowledge that I'm going to take this next one that'll make it four three, yeah. and then you're going to be so on your heels thinking, oh my god, I'm no longer that superior, that you're going to play like a total. No, because I'm going to b- between that if if I lose this this particular set, bringing us up to four three, where I'm ahead four, you have three. I'll take a lesson or two to make sure I get to five three. What are you going to miss about question of the day? Well. If anything. Okay, to be honest, I think chances are we won't see each other as much. Now we yeah. see each other every week or so. We used to see each other every like month or couple months but or so. But you know, we don't always get to play backgammon when we see each other. That's because true, but the I, recording, you know, takes a, quite a bit of time. But I enjoy just hanging out and doing this. I do too. This. I do too. And I enjoy being being, you know, I enjoy these questions of the day. I enjoy being entertaining and doing a podcast. Like I love podcasting. Um, podcasting's in my top five, but I'm going to focus a little more on the James Altucher show, my other podcast. And, um, I also really enjoyed the guest hosts. Like it was a great way to meet fascinating people and interview them and have them just have fun with them. Like the one comment all the guest hosts had is just how much fun they had doing this. And, uh, most of them or all of them have their own podcast and they just, it was a fun reprieve for them to come onto our podcast. I think what I'm going to miss. Oh, oh and I'm going to enjoy the the live one we did. I was is being interrupted. <laughs> I, I'm going to enjoy interrupting. I mean, I'm going to miss in, in, interrupting you, but I'm also going to miss like I I really enjoyed our our live podcast. Yeah, that was fun. Um, 
I am going to miss, in addition to you and, you know, hanging out as often as we do, hopefully we'll still hang out a fair amount and play backgammon. Maybe golf. Maybe golf. I, I think that would be a man. You know, oh, here's, here's the ultimate reciprocal challenge. You teach me to play chess and I'll teach you to play golf because I don't, I don't play chess. I know the game. I know the rules and that's it. I literally don't know how to play. All right. I might be able to do Let that. Let me ask you this. Who do you think has the better chance of becoming at least mediocre? Me at chess or you at golf? Uh, me at golf. Really? I think chess is really hard at a certain age to, without putting in the work yep. of reading books and studying lots of, like, let's say a thousand games. And you and know I'm too lazy for that. Well, I just think it's a big commitment, and you, why would you do that? I love that a little while ago, though, you were saying, oh, working enough to get mediocre at golf, that's so much work. But you're saying that even that amount of work is less than it would take for me to get mediocre well, at golf. Well, at you, were t- you were telling me that the steep le- learning curve will get me from playing like uh, scoring 140 to, you know, 145 in 18 holes to 100. So 100, let's say, is mediocre at golf. I would say to be the average tournament player in chess would require several years of work. So, yeah, unless I, you already kind of had it in you. Yeah, I think I could get you to 100. Now, I've never even seen, seen you swing a golf club, but you play ping pong. You're coordinated yeah. enough to play ping pong. I've played ping pong. And I play tennis. You, and your strength, you don't look, uh, you look... I work out in the gym. You look, what's the word these days? Cut, ripped, buff, whichever. Sliced. Sliced. Um, here's the other thing I'm going to miss. Shredded. About question of the day, though. So, uh, doing... Ripped. This, is, this was my second podcast. The first one was Freakonomics Radio, but now there is a third. This one I do with my son, Salman, which is footy for two, which is just like a a father-son soccer thing, where basically he just talks and I kind of try to keep up with him. But the the one that I'm really used to is Freakonomics. Now, Freakonomics is very, you know, it's kind of in a way formal. Ultra-produced. Ultra-produced. Like, we research, I interview people, we cut the tape down a lot, we script it, we re-script, you know, we make it, it, it's like writing a chapter, it's like writing a book chapter every week and all that that implies, which is a certain formality, a certain level of, you know, care and consideration and so on. And I've really enjoyed having a forum where we were careless and inconsiderate where we could just come on and talk based on experience and based on what we knew, but also just, you know, being friends talking about nonfiction stuff, but not within the same uh, context or confines, even you could say of that heavily researched project. And I, I love that. Now, granted, I got a little bit sick of hearing myself talk. Well, but then again, though, I learned a lot. Like, you know, we kind of made a joke about the fact that we'd ask questions, but often we didn't have answers because I think just realistically, there's many more questions in the world than than answers. But I learned a lot, like uh, from our discussions. I mean, I would often go back and write blog posts or articles based on things we. In other discussed. words, you exploited my oh, material for your b- personal gain. Me. In fact, often I completely plagiarized things you said and gave you zero credit, and and had huge pages on those articles. Well, James, can I say <laughs> that is to me the truest sign of friendship? <laughs> and uh and uh and I'm going to miss it. What what did I what did you learn from this uh podcast? Well, I think my favorite thing about talking to you is that your perspective. So I have a reputation in my circle, whatever that circle is, for being, you know, an out of the box blob, all those clichés, right? Which I think is really overblown. Um I think that a lot of what we do with free economics is really right in front of your face asking the kind of questions that, you know, 
for whatever reason, people basically, people have better taste than to want to ask the kind of questions that we ask, but, but we're not we're not hindered by that. But I don't think that our view of the world or my view of the way things work is really very radical or even unconventional. It's just that there's a lot of conventional wisdom out there that's pretty poorly formed. There's a, There are a lot of opinions that are based not on fact at all. And so that's kind of where, where my sweet spot is. But you... I think you are truly a weirdo. Yeah, because I come up with opinions <laughs> without any facts or data to back them up. No, but you um, you have the characteristics that... I do have s- some other friends and acquaintances that do have this characteristic that I, I don't share this characteristic, but I don't really think you give much of a crap about anything or especially what people think of you, even though, interestingly, you say you do. Right, I think a lot of people say I don't care what people think about me, but then they actually care a lot. You say you care, but I actually don't think you care so very. I really, really think that you are uh, the epitome of uh, finding a drummer that you find to be interesting that day or week or month and marching to that drummer. And it changes a lot. And I think that's a a very good, you know, we wrote a chapter in uh, one book called Think Like a Child and how incredibly advantageous that can be to really, you know, turn off all the adult conventions that you adopt because that's what people do to look smart or legitimate or cool or whatever. And I think you do that every day. And I I think uh, I learned a lot from that. And it doesn't mean I'm really, I'm able to or even wanting necessarily to emulate that all the time. But that's a real, it's been really uh, refreshing. So I think ultimately... Look, this ran its course. We had a fun time, and uh, maybe we'll pick it up again, or do a live one again, or do a uh, an anniversary one, or whatever. But look, this has been fun, and we're we're about to leave here and go play backgammon. And uh, and I don't even feel like I'm smelling candle smoke, so that's nice. All right, did we end it? I think so. of the day is produced and mixed by Nathan Rossborough with Allison Hockenberry. 